listening to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast from Clear Creek Community Church, located in the Bay Area of Houston. Welcome everyone to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast. I'm Rachel. I'm Ryan. Thanks so much for joining us today. So Ryan, we've been celebrating church planning in our church for the past couple weeks, and it's so exciting to see everything that's happening there. But what I love is hearing the why behind it. So giving, getting sort of a glimpse into the heart behind what's going on. Yeah, so you know, I had a great conversation with Bruce. Bruce has obviously been around here since the very beginning. You know, we started in 1993, but even before that, you know, he'll share in this conversation uh, how his passion for church planting started even when he was younger. God just started stirring some things in his heart, and he's been involved with church planting all around the the city, all around the country, really all around the world. In a lot of ways, he's brought us as a church along with them. And so as a church, we've gotten to be a part of some really cool things. And uh, I got an opportunity just to sit down and talk to him about that. What are the things that um, that Clear Creek has done and we're currently doing to be a part of starting new churches to uh, to reach the nations with the gospel? And so uh, hopefully, if, if you didn't know anything about what we're doing church planting-wise, that, uh, that this conversation is eye-opening for you and uh, really just is an encouragement to know that God is on the move and we as a church are a part of that and uh, you and your family can be a part of that as well. All right, Bruce, thanks for being here today. Yeah, it's so good to be here. All right, so across all of our campuses recently, we had an emphasis on Church Planting Sunday, specifically around uh, Acts 29, and we showed a video, and we talked about that. Uh, and so we're gonna have a, an episode where we just talk about uh, your history with church planting and how Clear Creek has been involved with church planting all around the world. And so maybe we begin by just asking the question, what is church planting in case that's new for anybody? And why is it so important? You know, church planting is really just starting churches, and it's funny we use that language, but uh, but really we're just talking about starting as many churches and as many places where churches are needed as possible, and uh, it's really important for the obvious reason is the Bible teaches about church planting, right? Uh, in Acts chapter 9, uh, verse 31, it says, uh, so the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit it multiplied. And it's those last two words, you know, it multiplied. So in the same way that we seek to multiply disciples to the ends of the earth, we seek to multiply uh, churches to the ends of the earth. Because really, churches, um, churches not only reach new people, although that's a big part of it, but, you know, when, when we reach people, they need to be made disciples and be on mission. And that's what the church, the people of God is all about. Years ago, uh, Tim Keller wrote an article uh, just about why planting churches is so important. And it's interesting. He said that uh, new churches reach uh, 60 to 80, or let me say it differently, 60 to 80% of the churches that are people that new churches reach uh, are unchurched people. So 60 to 80% are unchurched people. Now, established churches don't seem to reach unchurched people as well as um, as new churches. And so for us, we are keenly aware that when we plant new churches, we are planting a gospel witness in a community. And so we want to see that happen not only here, but uh, even to the ends of the earth. Yeah. So I think 
Acts might be, someone might point to Acts and say, well, that's kind of a unique situation. Obviously it, it must multiply because it's starting off. Um, would you point to those similar things that Tim Keller talks about as, uh, as a reason why someone might even bother starting new churches in America? They say, well, aren't there enough churches already here? Yeah, interesting. We, we seem to think there are tons of churches here and especially established churches think that way. Uh, in this same article that Keller wrote, he cites uh, how churches came to be in America. And he says, in, in 1820, there was one Christian church for every 875 U.S. residents. But from ni- or 1860 to 1906, Protestant churches in the United States planted one new church for every increase of 350 people in the population, which brought the ratio um, of new churches to people or churches to people from one church for every 430 people. So in 1906, over a third of all the congregations in the country were less than 25 years old. So when you see that in the, the big picture of the American uh, church landscape, um, in 1776, 17% of the U.S. population uh, was religious in adherence, 17%. Now, we always think that everybody was religious, you know, hmm. back in the earliest days. But in 1776, only 17% were religious adherents. And that number rose to 53% by 1916. So, if I've lost you in all the percentages, <laughs> it's it's just think about that from really a little over 100 years or 140 years, whatever, that the the population goes from 17% of religious adherence to 53%. And the tragic thing is, after World War II, that number started going down. And it started going down as well as the number of church plants went down. And when they tried to figure out why that is, it's because established churches seem to be resistant to planting new churches, you know, because if I'm an established church and we plant a new church somewhere near me, maybe it's going to mean we don't have as many people coming to our church. And so when churches lose sight of the mission, the the grand mission of reaching people who are far from God, leading them to faith in Jesus through the gospel and discipling them until we can send them out, um, when we lose sight of that, we tend to resist church planting. But the more missional we are, the more we embrace church planting. Mm-hmm. And we, and I guess, like as you said, Tim Keller, you know, quotes the the statistic that when you start new churches, you're not you're not transplanting members from one church to the next. You're you're reaching people who weren't part of a church before. I mean, they're they're hearing the gospel for the first time. Exactly, so, that's great. All right, so what led you personally to have a passion for church planting? I mean, you were part of the planting of Clear Creek Community Church in 1993. Yeah. Well, really, my passion for church planting uh, was established long before that. Although I, you know, I think that's the the, the fruit of my passion was the planting of this church and, and others. But um, my first recollection of a real passion happened when I went to a conference that was uh, really focused on just teaching the Bible, and I went to a breakout. So it was a small room with about twenty people in it, and this guy I'd never heard of standing up in front. Uh, and his name was Paul Johnson, and Paul Johnson and his brother Steve, come to find out, were young church planters up in the you know north northern part of the United States, and uh, 
and they were seeking to establish a church planting movement. And they were talking about this movement of how they had each planted churches and determined that they were going to give at least 10% of the receipts of their church to starting new churches. And for every church that started, they were and that they helped start, they were asking those churches to make that same commitment so that they could just multiply churches. And I mean, he's just casting this, what would be today, a a very simple vision for us. But I remember as this young pastor, you know, at that time I was pastoring an older established church and we weren't growing much and our community wasn't being reached. And I'm hearing them talk and man, my, my heart is about to beat out of my chest. And, um, I remember praying a real simple prayer. I said, dear God, let me be a part of something like that in my lifetime. And I really think that everything else I want to say to you is really a part of God, you know, answering uh, that prayer in, in my life. Um, because as, as we began to go on mission trips and, uh, I began to be more and more aware of service projects in either other countries or in other cities. The The work that would be done is good in itself, okay? So we're evangelizing people, just sharing, our, sharing the gospel, serving people, trying to build stuff, clean up stuff, whatever. But it was striking to me that if there was not a dynamic local church in that place, whether it be foreign or domestic, if there wasn't a dynamic local church, the work seemed to just stop the moment we left. And it began to dawn on me, you know, the, the church is the place where the, the work that gets done continues to be done. It's where the disciples are made then of those who, who have come to faith in Jesus. And uh, probably one of the most significant events for me was... Um, was being a part of a prayer movement. You know, I, I talk to church planters in Houston now, and I, I oftentimes use this phrase. I say, you know, we stand on the shoulders. We stand on the shoulders of people who years ago, when I was a really young pastor, I mean, literally I was 26, 27 years old. And we stand on the shoulders of pastors who were gathering together and praying for God to do a great work to transform our city. And I believe that God used that prayer movement of all those years ago to tear down some of the, the barriers, um, racial barriers, denominational barriers, uh, even age barriers somewhat. And not meaning that they're all torn down, you know, but I mean, there, there was so much significant spiritual work done in those days that... Um, that we began to talk about what is it, what else must happen for a city to be transformed. And a friend of mine at the time, and, and now Jim Harrington, he, he made it, he did some teaching on it. He said, if we look at other cities around the world, we see that a unity slash prayer movement is, is seemingly the first thing that comes about for a city to be transformed. And the second thing that comes about is a church planting movement. And then he went on to talk about cross-sector uh, cross collaboration movements, which is simply how you know marketplace people began to be involved in schools and helping education happen so that Christians, no matter what realm they're in, are, are beginning to care for people in every other part of the city. So all of that to say, Ryan, I began to be captured by 
this understanding of how planting churches all across the city is really the great hope for seeing true city transformation. I mean, when when people begin to pray together for God to do a great work, the boots on the ground, I mean, after the knees are on the ground, is the church planting movement. And so I got involved in planting churches around the city back then. This was before Clear Creek even happened um, and trying to work with um, groups like UBA and others across our city to learn. Uh, and one of the things we learned is that we need to focus on church planters, not just church plants. By that, I mean, uh, when a when the person who's leading that church is a healthy person, they're really on mission, they're well-equipped, um, the experience of planting that church is totally different than if we just focus on trying to have some existing church like Clear Creek Community Church trying to help a church uh, or help someone plant a church. You, you got to really focus on the church planter. And really, I brought that experience into uh, the work that we've we've done with Clear Creek Community Church. So I think it's the, uh, in, in some, it is the vision that um, Paul Johnson gave, the experience of being a part of this prayer movement and catching this vision for city transformation through church planting, um, as well as just seeing in the book of Acts, you know, that church planting is so significant that I began to believe, you know, uh, this is God's heart and um, and it should be our heart as well. Hmm. So you're part of planting Clear Creek 27, going on 28 years ago. And since then, there's been a whole host of ways that, that we as a church have been involved with church planting. What, what does that look like over the last 27 years? <laughs> yeah. It's a long, long span of time to cover. It, but. it is. I'll try to be brief uh, because... It was in our vision from the very beginning, right? I mean, literally before we planted Clear Creek, I remember talking to Jim Harrington and saying, you know, I, uh, I hope that we'll plant an effective church that will multiply other churches that can be catalytic in helping a movement of churches being planted across our city. And so we, we came into this believing that it should be part of the vision of our church. But, you know, quite frankly, in the early days, we're just trying to keep our head above water and keep the church afloat, if you will. Um, and we had fits and starts uh, of efforts of trying to plant um, churches. I remember we we gathered with some uh, Christians in Cuernavaca, Mexico, and uh, did a seminar down there on about the significance of you know new churches and new church plants. And we tried to do some work planting churches there. And quite frankly, uh, wonderful people. I don't think our work was very helpful. We were learning a lot. But it, it was um, it was a foundational kind of experience for us, and as much as we wanted to plant churches and help others plant churches, it wasn't until we connected with Chad Clarkson that we began to get real traction. So, if um, if our listeners are you know new to Clear Creek or don't know Clear Creek, Chad Clarkson is a uh, he is currently the director of the Houston Church Planning Network but he's also on our staff and Chad became really that catalytic person that helped a lot of vision uh, become reality uh, for us. And so we moved from dreaming about getting things done to really having somebody who could give the attention to, to get things done. And um, that really began with, you know, Chad 
gathering uh, potential church planters and doing coaching centers with those church planters. So they'd spend, you know, six months with us, nine months with us, and um, he would train them, you know, just periodically. It wasn't full-time or anything like that, periodically about the significance of planting churches. And we really built a lot of um, significant relationships with church planters and I think helped a lot of, of new churches get started. But um, we grew through that. You know, we learned that it's what it takes really to help a a church planter, because we're going to focus on the church planters. Um, By the way, I didn't mention this earlier, but what we learned really is that um, if you focus on the church plant, we were seeing about a 50% success rate. And if you focused on the church planter, we were seeing about a 95% success rate, success being viability after five years. And, uh, And so... It's made a lot of sense to us that we we're going to focus on the coaching uh, church planters. And so Chad did a great job with that. But through that, we also learned that um, we needed to do more. So that became a residency around here, you know. And actually, I think you were a part of a residency like that, aren't you? Yeah, something like that, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the training that we were trying to do with church planters was give them all that they need so that they can, you know, plant a church. And um, and when we'd seen some success with that, it also helped us connect with other people around the city who had some interest in planting churches. So I remember we had this, this big meeting uh, that is a luncheon that we'd prepared for, you know, it's here at Clear Creek. And we invited people from all across the city who we thought had any interest in planting churches uh, to come. And we just cast vision with them about working together uh, to plant churches around the city. And I cast a very simple vision about doing that and concluded that with just by asking, you know, the question, um, who will take responsibility for the city? I mean, if we don't, who's going to do that? And I thought it was so compelling, you know, (laughs) and uh, (laughs) after that luncheon, you know, we'd ask people to get back with us, you know, to send a response card and stuff. It was crickets, man. I mean, nothing. And, uh, and we realized, you know, we're learning and that, um, timing, God's timing is, is really important. So after that experience, we started the, the Houston church planning network. So we'd been coaching people. Then we had residency programs and we thought the next step was to develop this network of churches. But as I said, we didn't get a good response in the beginning. So we said, we're just going to do it anyway. So what we decided to do was Clear Creek Community Church funded it all, did it all. Uh, We'd gather people together. We'd invite people to come, uh, have speakers speak that were focused on trying to encourage church planters and, uh, and what we found is that there were a handful of really young, inexperienced people, frankly, who had the time, who would invest in the development of the Houston Church Planning Network. And so, again, for five plus years, Clear Creek Community Church funded it, did all the background work for it with a handful of young church planters who were coming alongside and trying to help support, make all that happen. And sometimes it seemed like it was going great. And other times it seemed like, why are we doing this? You know, the wheels are falling off, whatever. Um, Until 2013. So in 2013, I remember 
uh, we cast a vi- I cast a vision in one of those gatherings just about, again, having a vision for the city and transformation of the city and the role of church planting and transforming the city. And for whatever reason, I mean, it seemed like God got the attention of a lot of um, leaders of existing and even larger churches, and they began to express interest with Clear Creek, kind of helping them with their church planning efforts, and uh, and we just invited them to, let's just all do this together. So let's do the Houston Church Planning Network, and let's add to that a uh, collaborative residency. And we had a handful of churches that you know, jumped in on that deal. So after having learned about coaching church planners and the residency around here, um, we at that time then really got some traction with the Houston Church Planning Network. So um, we say it this way. We say that the, the Houston Church Planting Network is really focused and exists to strengthen church planters, to multiply churches, that reach every man, woman, and child in the greater Houston region. And the way that we do that is we gather together to try to understand and pray for the city, and we seek to encourage church planters. That usually means a monthly luncheon where we bring in some nationally known author or speaker, and then we try to facilitate collaboration you know, between churches and people, church planters and networks, uh, so that we can work together in planting churches for the the whole city. And over the last um, 10 years, we have really seen um, a whole lot more traction in training church planters that plant churches that raise up other church planters uh, who plant churches as well. And so that's that's a lot of the work that we've been doing more on the city side, but um, from the perspective of just what happens at Clear Creek, it's really built around our go strategy because our calling is to um, make disciples, multiply disciples. But like I said earlier, it's also to multiply churches. And so our go strategy is really built around Acts 1-8. And in Acts 1-8, you know, we know that uh, the Holy Spirit was going to come and we're going to be witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so we really see that verse, which is kind of the outline of the whole book of Acts, as focusing on our Jerusalem. You know, what's what's the community closest to them, to us? Our Samaria, which is the neighboring community that also includes people who are not like us. Um, and then uh, the ends of the earth. So our Jerusalem, we'd say, is the 4B area. And if, if our listeners are from Clear Creek, they'll probably know the language. You know, the 4Bs are the beltway to the beach from the Bay to Brazoria County. And in that geography, we focus on actually planting campuses of Clear Creek Community Church. It is a, it's a form of church planting. But those campuses are really intended to allow us to be in close proximity to people that we're trying to reach. So... Um, beyond that, we say our Samaria is the Houston area. And so kind of after the fact, we've, we've learned how to, to focus on the Houston Church Planning Network as our strategy for how we are trying to reach our Samaria. 
And then the ends of the earth, of course, is our, our goal, our, our Go International efforts where we're seeking to partner with um, church leaders from other countries. And uh, our focus, though, is church planting. So we say we want to help you in the work that you're doing, but you understand that our mission is to do work that results in church planting. And so these years now, we've been, we've been focusing on all those efforts. And I remember at our 25th anniversary, um, we did a little research, and I think there were like 300 church plants uh, through our efforts in, uh, you know, in church planting. Now, when I say that, it's not like Clear Creek Community Church alone planted those 300 churches. In most cases, we're simply someone who's coming alongside of others uh, to help them plant churches. And so that includes, you know, the house churches in Cuba and the churches that have been planted in Ukraine and the church plants in Honduras that are Spanish-speaking church plants that Byron Vaughn works with to help train, you know, their leaders there. So it's... Uh, it's a collaborative effort to, to plant churches. Hmm. How does Acts 29 fit in that? I know that was part of the church planting Sunday we had recently highlighting our work with them. Um, what's been our history of involvement with Acts 29? Yeah, Acts 29 has been so helpful. And it's really a, a it's a tribe, if you will. It's a, you know, a tribe of people in churches who kind of think like we think and uh, are devoted to planting churches in the same way. So in 2009, we uh, joined the Acts 29 network. And we did that because we thought uh, this is a way that we can connect with people who are interested in, in church planting so that we can uh, help facilitate their training as well as resource them financially. Um, but what we learned is it's, it's more than just that, right? It's this, uh, all this encouragement, this synergy that comes with a community of people who are all seeking to, to plant churches. You know, when we talk about what Acts 29 is, we say it's a, a diverse global community of healthy, multiplying churches. But then if you look on the Acts 29 website, it'll say it's characterized by theological clarity, by cultural engagement, and missional innovation. Well, that's, that's not hard for us to align with, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, theological clarity, meaning uh, it matters to us, the kind of theology, uh, it, it matters to us to know the theology of the churches that we're planting uh, because we think theology is a really big deal. And culture engagement, meaning, you know, we, we want churches that care about the communities that they're planting and being fully engaged in those communities, as well as this missional innovation, we want to reach people and we want to learn new ways and fresh ways to reach people. So all that to say, Ryan, Acts 29 has been a great um, partnership in our efforts to, to plant churches and we've developed great friendships there. Mm -hmm. So probably a lot of people don't know how much you've been involved or Yancey or Chris over the years. So maybe just briefly share one of the ways or some of the ways that Clear Creek has been involved really by uh, you guys representing us as a church with Acts 29. Yeah. Uh, you know, Acts 29 has had a lot of different iterations, if you will, uh, through the years. And um, really at the, 
at the backside of the the most recent leadership change. Yeah, I guess the most recent point leadership change when Matt Chandler became the the president of Acts 29. He asked me to serve on the executive board with him uh, of Acts 29, and I did that for a number of years as we were really trying to to establish the infrastructure of the network. And so that was probably an area where I have uh, probably some more gifting than other areas, and so I could really invest well in that way, um, along with a number of opportunities through the years that we've had to, to speak to church planters and church leaders in conferences and in training settings, um, and even do some, you know, Yancey does some training in, in preaching and uh, Chris in like developing leadership development systems within churches. And of course, then I've, I've coached a lot of uh, Acts 29 church planters uh, through the years as well. Mm-hmm. And I guess in addition to that, even Chad is involved with leading some of the, the network, um, the local networks around here. So um how could someone be involved in what God is doing in church planting, maybe around the city or anywhere else around the world? If they're, they're listening, maybe they're part of Clear Creek or maybe they're, they're not part of Clear Creek, but yet they, they might have a passion for some of these things. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question because I think um, it's a lot of times what we're doing with church planters, as, as you inferred, is, uh, is off the radar. You know, It's not the Sunday morning experience or it's not necessarily what we're talking about at a small group but it's something that we're about in terms of our mission. And oftentimes we'll use these words to describe engagement. Um, we say you can pray, you can give, you can go. And that's true with church planting as well. So on the prayer side, um, what we're constantly praying for is that God would raise up leaders of new churches. So church planters to plant new churches. We would love to see God raise up church planters out of Clear Creek Community Church, but also all across the city. You know, if we're going to reach the city, then we're going to need to plant churches. We need to plant churches that are not just going to be big churches, but they're going to be churches that we want to plant so many churches. The way I, I talk about it is I say we want an infestation of churches that really push back the darkness in every corner of the city. Well, that means that we need more and more people to be called by God to plant churches and to identify, train, equip, resource all of those people. So you can pray about that. You can pray that God would raise up those kinds of people, both from within this church and for the sake uh, of the city. And you can give. Uh, We give as a church about, uh, well, definitely 1% uh, goes to church planting or to Acts 29 and 10% goes to church planting efforts uh, in all the different you know ways we plant churches. And when people give, uh, they can give to just the, the regular budget and that 10%, 1% kind of comes into play or uh, they can give to our mission efforts and our mission efforts are always going to be efforts that result in church planting. So that's a, a generous way to give. There's some people in our church who have a real passion for this and they have found some unique ways to give that help some of our international partners do at least finance most of the work that they do. Um, and their generosity is it's integral to the work of planting churches in other countries. So um, 
if someone wanted to investigate that, there's definitely some opportunity there. Uh, and then there's the opportunity to go. You know, when we go on our mission trips to our international mission trips, um, all of them have a component, an element of church planting uh, associated with them. Sometimes, though, beyond just the international side, um, we can talk about how people can engage in church planting right here, right? So if God's going to raise up church plant uh, planters here and new churches are going to be planted, then that's going to mean other people go with that church planter to help establish that church. I mean, imagine it's the same way that we start a new campus and we might have, you know, a hundred or more people go and help that church planter as they establish a new church. In the same way, that happens when when we plant new churches altogether. I mean, that are no longer, you know, a part of the Clear Creek Community Church. Maybe they're going to be planted in the city or planted in Texas City or, you know, some other place. Then you can go and support that. Or, or some people probably are sensing the whisper of the Spirit in their own life about them being the, the church planter, the person who's going to pastor a, a new church, do it from the ground up, establish this congregation, you know, gather the whole core team, um, become the, the gospel witness in that community. And um, that itself would be a huge answer to prayer as people hear that call on their lives. If someone feels some of that call, maybe they're like you and you were young, Bruce, sitting there feeling your heart beating, what would be like a, a great first step for, for someone who's feeling that or, or hearing that? Yeah, I think a, a great first step would be to actually connect with um, me or Chad Clarkson and, um, and to become a part of the Houston Church Playing Network. Because what we say is, Ryan, is that... Um, we would hope that if a person who has a heart to plant churches in the Houston area, if they discern that God may be calling them, that there's a whole community of people to help them discern that calling and then to know the pathway to get from where they are to that place of planting a new church. Hmm. That's great. Well, Bruce, thanks for being here. Uh, just so encouraging. I love talking about this stuff with you. It, it's, uh, it's really amazing just that you've taken your passion and uh, to say, this is what you want to spend your life doing. And you have, you have brought so many people at Clear Creek along with you to say, this is what we are now doing, spending our life for, uh, for God's mission in the world. So it is awesome. Thanks for well, being here. Thank you, Ryan. It's been a great joy of my life. All right. Well, thank you for listening and checking out the Clear Creek Resources podcast. I hope our conversation uh, helps you just get a little more context about what is happening around the world and around the city, what God is doing. Uh, and I hope it gave you some ways that you can be involved. If you do want to get involved, make sure that you connect with either me or Bruce, or you can send us a message through any of our social media channels. We want to help you get connected uh, so that way God can use you in some of those significant ways that we talked about. If you haven't yet, make sure that you subscribe to our Clear Creek Resources podcast wherever you listen so you don't miss any of our weekly episodes. And I'll put some links that will be helpful to you, uh, especially that article that Bruce talked about uh, from Tim Keller in the description of this podcast episode at clearcreekresources.org. We can also check out some of the other content that we have on there like articles, videos, books, and sermons. All right, that's it. Thanks for listening. I'm Ryan Layton, and we'll see you next time.